0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We serve Almighty God. Stand with me if you would, please. Thank you for being here on Labor Day weekend. I know it is a a little bit of, I guess, a gift to come, but uh, how many of you know the Lord deserves everything we can give Him? A lot of our people probably worshiping at the lake and all kind of places, but here we are. Well, we've been on a series called Soar, and uh, Pastor Matt and I have been trying to bring some things out that I think is very beneficial. We're going to do that again today. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30. And Proverbs is written by the wise man Solomon. And uh, I'm going to suggest he's wiser than anybody here today. Look at your neighbor. And now look back at me and say, I think you're right. verse 18 there are three things that are too wonderful for me yes four, which i do not understand the way of an eagle in the air the wise solomon said the eagle is absolutely too beautiful and amazing and magnificent for me to even understand let me tell you, that's pretty powerful from a man named Solomon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to be here. We feel your presence and we feel like there is joy in the house. And God, we love you. We praise you in the holy name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. So we're. Learning some characteristics from eagles. The Lord said that He would lead us like an eagle. Solomon said, I find it so wonderful. And the first thing He mentioned was the eagle in the air. About 20 to 30 times the eagle is mentioned in your Bible. And one of the things that are outstanding and really noteworthy of eagles is that they mate for life and they both participate in raising their young. How many of you know our world would be better? If people made it for life and they would both participate in raising their young. Now things happen, I, I get that. But how do I soar in my relationships? Let me tell you, relationships are some of the hardest things you will ever do on this earth. And I think you would agree with me on that. So someone asked the question, is Google male or female? The answer, female, because it does not let you finish a sentence before it starts making suggestions. (laughs) Here a guy says, my wife is complaining last night that I never listened to her. Or I think that's what she said, something like that. (laughs) This, This is my favorite. Actually, Carrie gave this to me for some reason. I don't know why she gave it to me. She said, when a woman laughs during an argument... You've activated a dangerous part of her brain. Abort the mission now. <laughs> that is so good. Abort, abort, abort. Well, if you have Genesis chapter 2, most of you know the Lord God said it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him, I'll make a helpmate for him. You know, I said this at a wedding the other day the first human problem ever recorded in the Bible is aloneness. Let me say that again. The first human problem ever recorded in the Bible is aloneness. And God said, I'm going to take care of that. Have you ever heard a marriage made in heaven? That's it right here. This is the only marriage ever made in heaven. No (laughs) mother-in-law. No former lovers. No baggage. No junk in the trunk. And, And here Adam and Eve are together. And God said, I'm going to cure this alonement. This aloneness that man has, and, and listen, you know, you don't have to feel alone. One of the things that I know, that, that some people have chosen to be single, and that's perfectly all right, but you still don't have to be alone. Some of you have been divorced, and, you know, every family has probably a divorce in it, but you still don't have to be alone. And maybe today you're here, and you're a widower or a, a widow, and and your significant uh, has gone on to heaven, but you still don't have to be alone. How, how many of you know God does not want us to be alone? We are part of the family of God. There are brothers and sisters around here. We, we have family members, and God does not want us to be alone because aloneness is not a good thing. But the Lord really tells us how to have good and great relationships. Bob Marley, of all the people that I brought a quote from, and half of you don't even know who Bob Marley is, but I'm going to sanctify it here today. It is so good. The truth is that everyone will hurt you. The key is finding the one worth suffering for. Every relationship has a hurt. And you will never marry anyone, date anyone, you will never have a significant relationship with someone that they won't hurt you. That's the way it is. No one's perfect. I'm not, Carrie's not, you're not. So in relationship, in that interaction, we're going to hurt people and we're going to hurt them to the core at times. But it doesn't mean we can't get through that and we can't have good and godly relationships a Psychologist said people get married to what they hope for but they get divorced for what they find Isn't that so true, but I'm going to give you this morning four staples or four keys to great relationships because the, the Lord does give us some indication instruction on how we can have very very good relationships here's number one affirming affection say that with me affirming affection now let's all participate here we go affirming affection well what does that look like well first Corinthians chapter 13 which is the love chapter verse 2 if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but I do not have love I am nothing let me tell you what Paul is telling us by the Holy Spirit Paul is saying love is the most important thing you can have in your relationships you may be gifted I mean you can do all kind of great things but if you don't have love and and listen the bible really defines a lot of different kind of loves that we have this agape love that we have this love of god or the eros love where it's erotic it's sexual or the philadelphia phileo type love where we have that friendship type love so he tells us there's a lot of different aspects and uniqueness about love. But he says love has to be the priority of our life in our relationships. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Jesus is getting baptized. You know, Pastor Matt just mentioned baptism. How many of you know once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you should follow him in the waters of baptism? And suddenly, verse 17, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased notice this this is my beloved son affection in whom i'm well pleased affirmation do you know we need to give affection and affirmation in all of our relationships half of you've heard this story the other half hasn't and and carries here to verify this so i have to be very very careful what i say So many years ago, probably 30, 20 years ago, I'm not really for sure. How do you know the older you get, the more you can't remember when a long time ago was? I deserve a better amen than that, let me tell you. So, anyway, many years ago, uh, we were going over to uh, Carrie's sister, Malia's birthday party which is June the 7th our anniversary is also on June the 7th so sometimes we would do things on our anniversary sometimes we would go celebrate uh, Carrie's sisters uh, birthday so this is one of the times that we're going to her mother and dad's house and we're having cake and ice cream and presents and we're celebrating Malia's birthday it's also the day of our anniversary And so we get there, and we have our kids, they're small, and we're there with them, and we're celebrating the birthday. And I told Carrie, I said, let's go outside and just spend a little time together, just you and I. So we walk outside, and we're just visiting. I said, you know, this is our anniversary. She said, yeah, I know. And I said, let's get in the car and let's just drive around a little bit, just you and I. She said, Mike, we can't do that. The kids are in there. I said, they'll be all right. You know, they'll just tear the house down halfway. so, no, our kids were very good, but anyway, so we, um, I say that by faith, we, we, uh, we, we went outside for a little bit and I said, let's get in the car and let's drive around a little bit. She said, okay, so we got out and we, we drove around and I said, Let, let's go to town, we'll get something to drink and we did and I just kept driving. And she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I thought we'd just drive for a while. It is our anniversary. And she said, Mike, uh, everybody's back at the birthday party, our kids are there. A- and I said, honey, listen, I've made arrangements. They're going to take the kids. You and I are leaving for a three-day anniversary trip. And she said this, we can't go on a trip. She said, I hadn't packed. And I said, I packed for you. (laughs) And all the women did just what they just did. But it's true, I I did pack for her. And she said, you did what? I said, honey, I packed for you. She said, what do you mean you packed for me? I said, I packed for you. She said, three days, I packed for you for three days. She said, how did you pack for me three days? I said, I went in your closet and I said, three days. <laughs> and I got the clothes and I laid them back in the back of the car. And she said, you don't know what I need. I, I need my makeup and my, my, my you know, hair dryer and I need all that stuff. I said, I think I got everything. She said, how do you know everything I use to get ready? And I said, well, honey, I took another suitcase and I went in our bathroom on your side of the vanity and I pulled out this drawer and I dumped it in that suitcase and I pulled that drawer. And, I've, and she, looked, she said, you did what? Now, listen, I said all that to say this. As traumatic as that was for her, to this day, we still talk about it. <laughs> to this day, we still talk about it. That's <laughs> affection that is an affirmation. I mean, we're moving forward. So, listen, all of us need to feel like we're very special. And all of us need to feel that affection and that affirming affection that we need in our relationships, whether it's a friend, a spouse, whether it's a brother or sister to the Lord. Let me tell you if the Lord told us that we could do this and we should do this, how many of you know it's something all of us should be doing? Now, for our children it could be a kiss it could be a hug it could be an embrace a pat on the head a pat on the back it could be you know we, we put them on our shoulders and we walk around so we, we've had Riley and Ian this weekend for Labor Day weekend and so we went over to Miss Brown's pool and so yesterday we did some swimming and let me tell you a lot of cannonballs you know into the pool and, and Papa you know watched me do this and help me do this and then they got on my back And then I'm flipping them off of my shoulders into the water. So today I have a a, a huge problem in my back and my neck. But all of that is what? Affirming affection. So, you know, guys, it may be roughhousing with your son. Or it may be snuggling up with your son or your daughter watching a movie. I mean, we watched Abominable this weekend. We, we watched Despicable Me 3 this weekend. We watched Ferdinand twice. And, and so I'm just telling you, that is all affirming affection. I mean, get with them. cuddle them up. Dads, it may be putting your daughter on your shoes and dancing in the kitchen with your daughter on your feet. I can't tell you how valuable that is. You see, it's not just in marriage and not just in friendship. I mean, it's in every relationship that we have that we ought to be giving that affirming affection that we have in every part of our life. And we can all do that. You know, it's kind of stepping out of your world and getting into somebody else's world. And the Word of God is full of insight. On all of this. So, this is not something that Pastor Mike is saying, okay, you guys go do. No, I want to declare to you the Word of God. I want to tell you this is what the Word of God says. So, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Wow. Whenever the Lord tells me to do something like Jesus, how many of you know that is a challenge? What does it mean to love your wife as Christ loved the church? It's sacrificial. It's unselfish. It's protective. It's providing. Those are all the things that we see in this scripture. That we ought to love our wives as Christ loved the church. In John chapter 15 verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So you know what Jesus is saying I should love you as he loved you boy is that not a big order to feel I should love you as Jesus loved you according to Scripture so in every relationship we have the Lord is saying take your love level take your relational level to a whole nother level can I hear an amen to that he's saying that you need to soar in your relationships But granted, a lot of people have difficulty doing that, and let me tell you why, because they never saw that modeled in their home. And there's probably many of you here today, you would say, Pastor Mike, listen, I don't know what it's like to be patted on my head or hugged or kissed because that just wasn't a part of our family. Listen, not that that's okay, but you don't have to perpetuate that to the next generation. You don't have to move that to the next generation you can break that cycle and you say, well I don't know how well here again I'm gonna help you read the Word of God because the Word of God tells us how to do that and secondly look for some good examples in your life if you will look around there's gonna be a lot of people that you know that are doing the things that maybe you need to start doing and that's in everything isn't it I I remember listen I was raised out on a farm and ranch and uh, you know we we didn't have a whole lot of money and once i graduated from college and, and i got into the business world and i was in the oil and gas investment part listen i had someone show me where to go shop for shoes other than walmart but let me back up there was no walmart when i was that age you say you're older than walmart listen i'm older than dirt no no but what i'm saying is Is that sometimes in every aspect of our life, we need to see some good positive examples. So look around, look at someone who's doing some good things, some right things, and you know what? You can emulate those things. You can look at the Word of God and say, okay, how should I treat my wife? How should I treat my husband? How should I treat my kids? Listen, kids, you can actually go in there and read how you should treat your parents. Isn't that a novel idea? that you can actually see what the Word of God says and for some of you, you've been so hurt and deeply hurt by relationships, you don't wanna get hurt again because when you've been hurt over and over again, just to put your hand out there again for somebody to smite it with a hammer, you think, man, I'm reluctant. Listen, if you're gonna do those things, let me tell you what's gonna happen. If you're gonna go out and love, if you're gonna go out and be friendly, if you're gonna have good relationships, The Bible says that you're going to reap what you sow. how many of you know that is the law of the harvest so you and I can begin to do these things and we can do the things that are right good righteous godly and holy can I hear an amen to that now listen Carrie and I have a pet cat and you have maybe dogs and cats or horses or whatever how many of you know dogs cats and horses are not kids so don't love them more than you love your kids. Let me talk to this group over here. I want to, I want to say something. I, I'm, I'm deeply serious about this. Do not ever give an indication of any relationship something supersedes them that shouldn't supersede them. So you and I have to have right priority, right context, you know, right place in relationships. Listen to Proverbs 3, verse 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let me tell you what he's saying. If you will love, if you'll be faithful, then you will have favor not only with God, but also with men. Many times in my prayer for Carrie, for, for Aaron, for Matthew, for you know, my family, I pray, God, give them favor with you and with men. God, give them favor with you and with men. You need to start praying that. Because, listen, I want my kids, when they're out in the business world, when they're out, out with their friends or whatever they're doing, I want them not only to have favor with God, I want them to have favor with men. And so, you and I, we have to realize there are the relationships that are vertical up to heaven, but then there are relationships that are horizontal where we have relationships with each other. And all those relationships are very, very important. And he says, if we will bind those and remember those, he said, you will have favor there if you're faithful and you love. Say that with me faithful and love. Say it again. Faithful in love if we love faithfully there is benefits that happen. Here's the second thing not only affirming affection But we need to have encouraging words Okay, here we go say it Encouraging words do you know why flowers come with a little card? You say sure so they will know who it's from (laughs) Well, that's only part of it you and I on that card, need to write something because this is what's going to happen. Those flowers will fade, but those words may last forever. Flowers will fade, but the words may last forever. Now, whoever said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me, need to have somebody hit them with a the stick well maybe not but they need to have a checkup from the neck up because I want to tell you words hurt and they can be remembered for a long long time and words can heal and they will be remembered for a long long time You, you see listen to me what we say what we throw out there somebody's catching that on the other side and it will affect them one way or another folks listen I have said and you said things that as soon as it came out of your mouth you wish you could have reached out there and grabbed it and snatched it back has anyone ever done that y'all are so holy I mean I've said things to Carrie. I wish I could have snapped it back but once it gets out of your mouth boom there it is good bad ugly whatever it is so we have to be careful are you louder with your complaints or your compliments that's a good question isn't it do you give more compliments or complaints are you always seeking what's wrong or do you see what people are doing right how many good jobs attaboys are you giving out there listen words are very important we cannot overemphasize the power of words because Almighty God created everything with words I mean everything you know you sense you see was created with words in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And God spoke and things were created. And you can create a good relationship or a bad relationship with your words. Just creative words in relationship. You know, we can give good words. And let me tell you what they'll do. They'll boost confidence, self-esteem, self-esteem. It provides motivation, perseverance, reduces stress and anxiety, builds self-esteem and self-belief. Just a few words can alter the trajectory of somebody's life. Let me give you three names. Michael Jordan, number one. Has anyone heard of that guy? Probably, my opinion, the greatest basketball player in the NBA of all time. So when he was in high school, his high school coach cut him from the team I don't know what that guy was smoking I mean I don't know what he was thinking (laughs) but his mother encouraged him by saying I believe in you if you set your mind to it you can achieve it and Michael Jordan said this helped fuel my determination Steven Spielberg was rejected from film school multiple times early in his life his dad encouraged him by saying he had a tremendous talent worth pursuing despite initial setbacks spielberg said this helped me continue to hone my craft anybody heard of walt disney walt disney was fired from a newspaper for lacking creativity but he kept pursuing he went from job to job pursuing animation his dreams after his brother said You continue to do what you're doing. And Disney said, these words changed my entire life. You don't know whose life you might change by just saying the right words to them. I want to tell you something. You and I have had people say things to us that just crushed us and things that elevated us. So let's be that person who's going to give encouraging words and in the relationships, encouraging words are so needed. Here's the third thing, uplifting examples. Would you say that with me, uplifting examples? I want to share a story with you. This happened to me about two or three months ago. It was still hot, you know, in the middle of the summer, and probably somewhere around maybe June, I was at a convenience store getting some gas. And I noticed in front of the convenience store, there was a big truck. I mean, one of those big trucks jacked up. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Big truck. And, and the guy who was driving the big truck, I guess he was in his early 30s maybe. I don't think he was past 40. And he just had the air about him I'm large and then I'm in charge. You ever had seen somebody? I'm large and I'm in charge. He, he's the big guy. You know, uh, BMOC. Big man on campus. Don't know if he's been on the campus, but he was the big man on campus. Or big man at the convenience store <laughs> so anyway he has his son with him about 10 years old and I, I noticed the interaction between him and his son he, he was very uh, descending very harsh the way he talked to his son L- little I mean little boy 10 years old I mean good-looking kid and they go in and they come out I'm just watching this unfold they have bags of ice and and uh, you know I haven't drank a beer in a long long time and uh, you know used to they came in like a six-pack or 12-pack now they have like a 50-pack <laughs> uh, I mean this guy's carrying out you know these two big cardboard containers with beer and, and, and this little boys helping him put the ice in and filling it up full of beer I don't know what they're gonna do that weekend or yeah you know, I, I have no idea But the guy's telling him how he's not pouring the ice in wrong and, you know, handing him beers to put in there. And i tell you what, I almost cried. Literally almost cried at that convenience store. I felt so sorry for that little boy. And I was so upset with that young man, the example he was setting for his son. And I don't care if it was Dr. Pepper he was putting in the cooler. I was so grieved in my heart the way he treated his 10-year-old son because I looked at that boy looking up at his dad wanting to please him and his dad just keep suppressing him down and down and down and down. I want to tell you something. We should not be living those kind of lives. We ought to be living that we're lifting. We're lifting relationships. We're lifting our children. We're lifting people in our lives. Not that sometimes we don't have bad days. How many of you ever had a bad day that went into three days and to a week? Yeah, but listen, we ought to be the kind of example where people look at us in a good way to lift their life. Listen as I read. Leading by example can be one of the most effective ways to inspire and motivate other people. When we live out our values consistently, others take notice and hopefully they will follow. So modeling good behavior and a good example really creates a lot of synergy in our lives and the people around us. It raises expectations. It can become contagious and transformative for people. All of us are examples, either a good example or a bad example. And we can be good examples. We're not perfect. We, we do falter we do fail but we can all be very very good examples and you and I need to determine that's what we're going to try to do because when we example and we live the life we should live let me tell you what we can convey gratitude and kindness and joy and love and patience and perseverance I mean there's all kind of things that we can show by our example That a generation can pick up or your spouse can pick up or your friend can pick up so those are things that we need to be doing you know we teach what we know but we reproduce who we are we teach what we know but we reproduce who we are and that is so true here's the last one number four look there with me at this very important relationship aspect It is discipline pursuits. Discipline pursuits. Great relationships are a marathon, not a sprint. I'm gonna say that again. Great relationships are a marathon, not a sprint. Because in a marathon, how many of you know there's highs, there's lows, good times, bad times. Sometimes there's moral failure. Sometimes there is forgiveness Sometimes there's things we got to correct we got to get right and listen every relationship has some of those issues That doesn't mean we just throw it out the window. It means we try to get it right. Can I hear an amen to that? So if you're thinking this is going to be a sprint in a hundred yards. I got it figured out. Oh Hello darling This is my Conway Twitty impression right now. Hello darling. If you think you're going to figure this out after the honeymoon, that ain't happening. If you think you're going to figure this out the first month, sorry to disappoint you. That's not happening either. Matter of fact, Carrie and I have been married a long time. And I think sometimes it took a while for her to figure out if Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde was going to show up. Yes, some of you are afraid to amen me because uh, you don't want to look around because I'm telling you that there are things that put pressure on us, things that cause us to really have some issues, and God wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have a great relationship, and we can if we incorporate the things of God in our relationships, so it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to have some good times, you're going to have some bad times. But let's make it more good times than bad times, right? So we can have what we need. So Forbes did a survey of people who had a divorce or their marriage kind of unraveled. Let me give you some of the components that Forbes said that are really important in this this relationship. Finances, parenting differences, career choices. Relationships with family and friends, health issues, the distribution of household chores and family needs. Can I interpret that last one? Uh, who's going to be the lazy person who's going to do all the work, okay? So, you know, we have to realize that we're in this together. This marriage is together, this family is together. To make it work, everybody's got to do what they need to do. Do you know I am the best dishwasher? loader in our house I load the dishwasher so much better than Carrie she can load it and I can get 15 more things in it after she finishes that's so true she doesn't know how to stack them but you know there's so many things she does a lot better than me you probably don't wanna be eating at my house if I'm the cook all the time. Carrie's a great cook. I'm a great eater. <laughs> but she's a great cook. So so guess what? There are things that you should be doing, things that maybe you could do better than somebody else. But how many of you know all of us have to share the responsibilities because somebody's gonna say, I'm not getting the better deal here. How many of you know we both need to be getting the equal deal? That it's a good relationship. This is a positive thing. This is something that we can do. And I'm gonna guess when we all leave today, we're not having service tonight, but you can have some very vivid conversations after this sermon's over. <laughs> I heard a few of them after the 8:30 service. <laughs> it's really true. You see, if we have disciplined pursuits, then we are saying, okay what are we pursuing and it's going to take discipline to get them right the survey goes on 63 percent said having a better understanding of commitment prior to marriage would have helped them. well hello sure it would have and if they had a better understanding of their spouse's morals and values prior to getting married they might still be together oh whoa 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 I believe in love at first sight but I also believe you ought to take a second look. <laughs> I don't think you can know everything about that person the first week. Sometimes it works out but most of the time it doesn't. Carrie and I dated for four years before we ever married. You were thinking four years you would know everything about that person. Oh no <laughs> no 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 that's not the way it works you see the happiest you'll ever be in your life is when you have good right relationships the happiest you'll ever be is when you have relationships right in your life When you and I don't have those relationships right, it's not good. Let me ask a question. Are we trying to prove something or provide something? Are we trying to impress people or impact people? You know, some people are just trying to do that. I brought this story um, with me. I'd I'd heard this some time ago, and I, I wanted to share it with you. Does anybody remember who J. Paul Getty was? J. Paul Getty, his dad was an attorney up in Minnesota. They came to Oklahoma to get in the oil business. J. Paul Getty in the 60s became the richest man in the world. In the world. In the 60s, 60s dollars, $2 billion. Today, that would be over $15 billion. How many of you know $15 billion is a lot of money? That's more than it's in my billfold. $15 billion. His oldest son, he named George Getty II after his father. George Getty II was the vice president of Getty Oil Company, the enterprise, the corporation. Matter of fact, he is in line to run a multi-billion-dollar enterprise. What would it be like to know That you're next in line to a $15 billion enterprise. That would be exciting to me. So, Dad, if you got $15 billion, I'm excited to be the next in line. But in 1973, George Getty II ended his life in a tragedy. And the question is why? so vanity fair magazine wrote an article by Julie Miller and this is what the article says George is quoted as having told a colleague despondently my father is the president in charge of success and I'm the vice president in charge of failure it wasn't George's appointment to the family business that cooled the father son relationship though J Paul getty was famously distant with all of his sons so much So that George referred to his father as Mr. Getty. Not father, not dad. Mr. Getty. Speaking about his relationship with his father in 1960, George said, I probably haven't spent six weeks with Mr. Getty since I was eight years old. I meet him in hotel rooms or receive instructions by letter or over the phone. Sometimes he says, I'm just too busy for you. What a tragedy, what a tragedy. You see, relationships is the number one indicator of happiness in our life. Relationship is also the number one indicator of unhappiness in our life. And the only reason you and I will spend eternity in heaven is because of our relationships. And number one, with our relationship with Jesus Christ that is the number one reason you're going to spend eternity in heaven is because of Jesus Christ and everybody here has to realize how you fit in to that relationship husbands you have your place wives you have your place kids you have yours this last thing I want to share with you I'm sure wasn't funny at the time but Brother Dow told me this story. I haven't told it in years. But he said when I, when I was a, a teenager, before Cheryl and I got married, Dow was kind of raised like me. Our dad's was the boss. And Dow said one night I came in way late, past curfew. And he said when I got home, my dad wasn't just waiting up for me in the house. He was in the yard he's out front in the yard and he said when I drove in the driveway he said dad was standing in the yard with his fists clenched and he was shaking you know if you think something happened to your kid you get fearful and you get concerned and angry all at the same time and he said dad was standing in the yard with his fists clenched shaking wonder what happened to me when I drove in (laughs) he said this is what dad said he said son He said, we're going to figure out right here in the yard who's going to be boss of this house. (laughs) Dad said, when I saw Dad (laughs) stand in the yard with his fist clenched, I said, Dad, you're going to be the boss. (laughs) He said, and I'm going to go in and I'm going to go to sleep. Let me tell you something. I know who the boss is. It's the Lord. And he knows how every relationship in our life should be and if I get those right I'm gonna have a happy life you ever heard this happy wife happy life you know I believe that I think you should too but it takes everybody to make this work I want you to soar in your relationships like a wise Solomon The way of the eagle, he said, is just so wonderful to me. And God said, I led you like an eagle. They mate for life. They raise their family together. Every teacher here, every superintendent here, every principal here, every police officer, law enforcement person here, every EMT person here wishes, Wishes that there would be families intact that would take care of their children In a way that God wants them to take care of them You know what that would reduce? Crime on the greatest level we have ever, ever seen There wouldn't be gangs running into stores stripping the stores there wouldn't be kids hanging out at one or two o'clock in the morning, getting into trouble. Because some daddy would say, you gotta be home at this time, or we're gonna figure out who's the boss. Our culture would be better if we could get our core relationships down in a godly way. And even if you don't even believe in Jesus Christ, you'll be happier even if you don't believe in that you may not get to heaven but your family will be better because God's ways work and the manual for life is right there in your lap it's called the holy bible stand with me i'm going to ask to do you to do something a little bit different today if you believe that your relationships could get better and they need to get better I'm going to ask you to come and walk right here we're not asking for a prayer team today we're asking for you if you believe your marriage can get better your children your parents your relationships whatever they are can get better i'm going to ask you to come and stand right here we're going to pray we're going to go you're going to have a rest of the weekend but i'm going to ask you to come if you believe god can help you in that listen if you're here for the first time don't be embarrassed we're going to come right here, and we're going to say, God, I believe what you said about your word. I believe what you said about my marriage. I believe what you said about my family, my dad, my mom, my children, my grandchildren. So I want to pray over your life. Wasn't it beautiful they sang? May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, You and your children and your children's children. Because we're here to believe that God has our best interest in mind. And maybe it could be that you're here and there's a little shakiness in your relationship. Or something going on with the kids. I believe God can move in that situation. I just believe it. Because that's the God that we serve. Can we pray together right now? Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray today for every mom here today, every dad here today, every husband, every wife. I pray for our young people and our children. God, that you would move upon them. You would guide them, lead them by your Holy Spirit. Lord, we believe that we can soar in a greater way in our relationships. You can lift us up. God, you can correct. In me, the things that I might be doing wrong. Lord, you can discipline my life as I lean into your Word. And I'm led by your Spirit. So, Lord, I pray that families here would flourish. And I believe there's a lot of families outside of this this building, these walls that need a sanctuary, a place where they learn, and they rub shoulders, and they find examples, and, and they find... Your Holy Spirit leading them and guiding them. God, I pray today, if there's one that walked in for the first time, it won't be the last time. Because you are dealing with their heart to go to a whole nother level. They desire for their life to soar like it has never soared before. Oh God, that's our prayer today. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, That's the most important decision they need to make today to say lord. I commit my life to you And i'll walk in your way So lord bless your people today Go with us and as we leave in the name above every name in the name of jesus Let us do what you called us to do be who we should be God to lift you up in all the areas of our life and we believe it we speak it In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. I love you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.